10 years, 10 years is a long period of time, and a lot can happen in 10 years. Do you know, here's, here's, some, things that, uh, here's some things that happened over the last decade. Do you know the first iPad was launched in 2010? That's the first. Anyone had the original iPad version 1, 2010? A few early adopters in the room. Not many of you, mind you. Uh, here was a song released. This is Rebecca, Rebecca Black. This is, play this, play this. Now nah, you love it. You love it. Remember the song? The lyrics are amazing. Rebecca Black, this was huge. If you didn't see it. This was her day. She's singing about her day. I gotta have cereal. She's going to the bus stop. Singing her friends. They're just hanging out. They're just chilling. Life's good. We're just in the backseat. Okay, ready? Here's the chorus. Okay, kill it. That was Rebecca Black. Friday. That was huge back in the day. That was one of the first major viral videos. Uh, 2001, Will and Kate got married. Uh, that was, that's, again, that's almost, that's 2011, I should say. Uh, do you remember this, this craze of planking that happened? This is planking. There's a great video that looks a little bit like Pastor Barrett, because when we were in the Philippines about 10 years ago, he was planking on an escalator. Uh, this was the biggest uh, hit from a Korean superstar. Do you remember this song? This is literally within the last decade. Come on, do you want to? Okay, we know the song, we know the song. What about this one? What about this one? Do you remember there was an animal and we were wondering what this animal was about to say? I mean, you can't make up these lyrics. You can't make them up. Cow goes moo, frog goes croak, frogs croak, and the elephant goes toot. Dogs say quack, and fish go blub, and the seal goes ow, ow, ow. Ready? You ready for it? You want to know what happens next? This is what the fox says. What does the fox say? Okay, let's kill that, let's kill that. Let's kill that. This all happened in the last 10 years. I blame most of you, all right, for this. You watched it. Uh, 2014, do you remember this? This was the ice bucket challenge. How many did the ice bucket challenge? How many did it in church? Yeah, me. <laughs> me and this guy down here. Pastor Willem, we did it in church. Uh, 2016, everybody was looking for these little characters. Do you remember this? That's probably enough said about Pokemon Go. Uh, it's a couple years ago now, but there was a big vote that happened in the UK, and this was this. Do you remember this? Oh, that's right, we're still doing it. <laughs> this is Brexit. Uh, these things took the world by craze in 2017. What are they called? Fidget spinners. Fidget spinners. And uh, finally, this happened as well a couple of years ago. Boom. <laughs> Met with derision from the crowd. Let's, not talk, let's talk about politics for the next 33 minutes. No, let's not do that. Let's put up a verse before we, uh, the Holy Spirit completely leaves the room. By the way, big welcome to our folks on the North Shore, Ed and Destiny, and little Bo. I'm sure he's not there. He might be there, but if he is, I love the fact you're growing the church in any way you know possible. 
and we respect that as pastors. Great to have you guys. Also, Wong and Nui as well. Welcome you guys. Great to have you guys tuning in this morning and anybody else tuning in from home or from holiday. Hey, we're reading out of Ecclesiastes 3 because we're talking about the decades. I love the thought that Pastor Esther brought uh, this morning, but it is the end of a decade, and, uh, and the Bible says a lot about time. Everyone say time. Everyone say time. Time. And in Ecclesiastes, we read some famous passages about time. And I'm going to read one to you in Ecclesiastes 3.11. It says this. It says, he, being God, has made everything. He's made what? Did everyone say it? He has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity in their hearts, except that no one can find out the work that God does from beginning to end. He's, He's made everything beautiful. He's put eternity in our hearts, and yet we still can't kind of figure it out. Can't we? We still can't really figure out what God is doing, but he just calls us to be faithful. It's the end of a decade, and this morning, if you want a title for this message, I'm calling it, What Time Is It? Everyone say, What Time Is It? What time is it? We need to know the time that we're in. I don't know what your last decade was like, but I do know that there's another decade in God. There's another, there, was a, there was a last year, and there's also a next year. But come on, what could happen in a decade? Fidget spinners could happen in a decade. Right? Let's hope something far more significant for the earth happens than fidget spinners. Right? Because they'll come and go, fads come and go. But God says what? He never changes. I'll help you out. Right, it's great, it's a wonderful interaction. It's just like, you're finishing my, yeah, I know, like that, it's amazing. Sandwiches. Topical. Uh, I'm a big Linkin Park fan, and much to my good friend Grom's uh, angst, because he hates them, and it's the one thing we kind of disagree on in life, but I love the fact they sung this song called In The End, and you may know it if you're my age and 43 and we're into this, But it says it starts with one thing, I don't know why, it doesn't matter how hard you try, keep that in mind. I designed this rhyme to explain in due time all I know. Then it says time is a valuable thing, watch it fly by as the pendulum swings. The clock ticks life away, it's so unreal. How many know life can go quick? For some of us in the last decade, life has gone quick. For some of us, we're sitting here and loved ones aren't here. That all happened in the last decade, maybe even for some of you in the last year. How many know in the next decade, things like this, events in life will take place that we're not going to understand it because God says you won't understand it in this process of time. But things will happen over the next decade. And the one thing we can't grow, we talk in church life a lot about growth, don't we? About growing. Come on, we're called to grow. There's more in God. But the one thing we can't grow is time. We can't grow time. We can't make more of it. It's the one thing, it's the one resource that diminishes from the day that we were born, time starts to whittle away. And it's like we're kind of on this, 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 this race, we're on this, this, this pendulum ticking, tick, 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 or tick-tock probably. Tick, tick, that's a bomb. If that isn't run, right? Tick-tock, and it happens the moment we were born. And all of a sudden, we've got a, we've got a lifespan to be able to do something significant, to be able to change the world together. That shouldn't be something that we just talk about every Sunday. That should be something that we live. Amen? It's like everyone's underwater. And and I love the fact that that throughout the course of time, in the passage of time, I want us to to think about the end of this 10 years and think about, come on, what what have we done and what has God done? 
and then think maybe it wasn't what you, what you thought, but the great thing is, again, in God, there is a renewing. There's a sense of there's another 10. There's another opportunity to maybe uh, not make the same mistakes that we made in the past. And so we've got work to do, and I love the fact that God says, though, but he has made everything beautiful. And it's so good, isn't it? It's not, made so, it's not some parts of your life that are beautiful. He says, I've made everything beautiful. And it's time. In the passage of time, God will use whatever you can give him. He'll use your mistakes and your failures and your, and, and your angst and all the stuff that you throw at God. He'll use it all and he'll make everything beautiful. Everything beautiful and it's time. He's put eternity in our hearts. There's something about us that for the next 10 years that we know that we're born for so much more than simply working a nine-to-five job. Right? If that's it, then rapture me now, God. Because that's not the life I want to live. I don't want to just wake up in the morning and do a job. Right? Makes me dry reach thinking about it. I love what, there's a couple of great commentaries on this, and I thought these are worth mentioning. It says we must, one of them says, we must wait with patience for the full discovery of that which to us seems intricate and perplexed, acknowledging that we cannot find out the word that God makes, the work that God makes from beginning to end, and therefore must judge nothing before the time. Oh, God, my last year was just terrible. It says here, yeah, but don't judge anything before the time because you don't know what God is doing. From beginning to end, we don't know. I've had some terrible years, trust me, where I can say to God, I don't understand what you were doing. Gone through some of the most significant pain points in my life, even over the last few years, and there's just things that have happened that you just go, oh, are you kidding, God? And yet God says, no, but Jake, I'll make everything beautiful. The question is then, do I really trust him with that or not? Well, God, you say you make everything beautiful, but it doesn't look that beautiful. You might look at yourself in the mirror. I don't, I don't feel that beautiful. I don't know how you're making everything beautiful. But we've got to figure some things out in the course of time. That's why I love a good period like a decade. Because often in church life, we talk about 12 months. Okay, what are you going to commit to for the next 12 months? And that's a good thing because three months is quite short. But over the course of a decade, significant shifts can take place, right? Right? Do we, do we believe it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Go at the back, eh? Sometimes. I often find myself saying, I like the line, you know, that that's 10 minutes, I'm never getting back. You know, some conversations you have. <laughs> no, I never say that. I've got friends that say that, but I never said it. This year, we, uh, Fiona and I, my wife, we went to, for, for one child at school, we went to three different prize givings, right? Three different prize givings that we're never getting back. The one moment, you know, your son goes up on stage, it's all like, yes, 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 and then like, okay, back to Pokemon Go. <laughs> There's no do-overs with time. We can't kind of repeat it. We can't do it again. If you made the mistake, you just got to go, that was it. I did it. I own it. Okay, but God, I've got another opportunity because he's a good God, right? But let's pray. We can learn from them, but we, we, there's no do-overs with time, right? History never repeats. Split ends sung the song. Right? I tell myself before I go to sleep. Young crowd. Rafiki, it doesn't matter, it's in the past. Right? Ten years ago. Come on, let's learn from the last ten years. Listen to this. Another commentary. It just says great words. Foolish people seek all the answers to life. Listen, in each and every season. 
right? Foolish people. But some seasons yield only questions, not answers. How many know that's true? Some seasons only yield questions. What? Some seasons bring a wound that will not heal. It might take a lifetime to learn that we cannot find out what God has done from beginning to end. You see, it's, it's in the passage of time that we actually do start to figure some things out. Maybe as a 43-year-old man, I can figure some things out now. I kind of know who I am. I know what I'm about. I don't have maybe the same insecurities that I did when I was in high school. And I see my, my son's kind of going through stuff and starting to come into an age where they're a little bit more self-conscious. It's really fun being a parent at that age. Because all of a sudden, I went to uh, my son's camp, my son Seth, and it was his year five camp, and I could do my dance moves and all that, and he's just like, no, Dad, no. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I've got him, because now he cares. <laughs> right? And there's all these girls in the class that are cracking up and going, oh, Seth, you're dead. And I'm like, I know, I'm that dad now. Yeah, dad dance moves. Come on, Ed Anderson, I've seen you do those moves. But it's only in the passage of time that God will reveal what he's doing. I love this song. We finished our last Sunday in Napier last week, and, and good friends of ours, Ben and Izzy, sung this song. It's a song by King and Country. And uh, I hadn't really heard the band much. I heard about them. But the, the, the lyrics were so powerful. It says, so let my life be the proof, the proof of your love. Let my life be the proof of your love. Let my love look like you and what you're made of. How you lived, how you died, love is sacrifice. So let my life be the proof, the proof of your love. Come on, over the course of your life, come on, is it reflecting the creator? Is it reflecting the creativity that we have in him? It is. Come on, are we reflecting Christ in everything we do, in every interaction? Could the next 10 years be characterized by the fact that, man, Jack Akiono, he is like Jesus to me. He hangs out with me when nobody else will. When I've made some mistakes, I know it's Jack that I see, not physically, but also I see him. Why? Because he's always around. Some of you know Jade Hunter, Transom. Jade, from last, he was here a couple of years ago, I think. Yeah, one year ago? One year, seems like a long time. There's kids that Jade, who once one of our youth leaders in Napier, hangs out with every single Sunday. Our youth's grown from about 15 kids to about 70 to 80 kids on a Friday night. And you know the reason is because he says, for the course of my life now, this is what I'm going to do. On Sunday morning, they hang out. Then they go to the river, swim a Sunday afternoon. They come back to our 5 p.m. service. And our youth and our church is growing because these guys are saying, over the course of my life, this is what I'm going to do with it. I'm going to hang out with, with, with young people. Hanging out, hanging, hanging, out, hanging out with young people isn't always the easiest thing to do. They don't always reciprocate, right? They expect a lot sometimes, but they don't always give anything back. And so, but they're saying, come on, over the course of my life. Jonathan Silvanga, over the course of the last three years, has grown like you wouldn't believe. Because he's saying, this is my life now. I've dedicated my life to this cause. There's no other great article in my life apart from seeing people saved. We read about stories like William Wilberforce. The great article of his life was to abolish the slave trade. And he also had another one about manners. It was sort of talking about manners, and he was saying that in, in, in Victorian ages, there's, there's stuff that just shouldn't be happening, pre-Victorian. But he was saying there was things, there was kids on the street, there was child prostitution going on, there was alcohol all over the place. And he's saying, there's things that aren't right about our society. And he went after those two things, that and the slave trade. But over the course of his life, he's, he must... He must Look back and go, man, God, look what you did. 
And again, Wilberforce had this one moment of encounter in the west of England under a tree, and you can read about it in the book called something. (laughs) It'll come to me after the message is finished. You can ask me about it. Amazing Grace, thank you. It was never going to come to me. Amazing Grace. But I want you to know this morning that time is important. Right? Say to your neighbor, time is important. Time is important. A decade will go by in a heartbeat. I was finding as I was researching this message, I was, I was, I come onto a video by um, Dr. Billy Graham. And Dr. Billy Graham preached quite a, a lot of famous messages. But one he did preach was at the Southern Seminary Chapel in 1982. It's quite a young Dr. Graham. And he's standing there and he's preaching to some, to some Bible college students. And it said that Graham said at 64 years old, his greatest surprise in life was the brevity of life or, or the speed of life. He says this, and, he, and I quote, if someone had told me that when I was 20 years old, that life was very short and would pass just like that, I wouldn't have believed it. And if I tell you that, you don't believe it either. He says, I cannot get young people to understand how brief life is and how quickly it passes. He says, I can't get them to understand how quick it is. But passes like that. One of my enduring nightmares, right, to this day, I can still wake up in cold sweats in the middle of the night thinking about an exam that I took, right? Some of you are now going, oh, don't take me back there. <laughs> right? But I was in, it was calculus too, so it wasn't an easy one. And I remember... They sort of give you one sheet, you had sort of five sections. And I'm going through these sections, and I'm thinking, I'm looking at the time, and I'm sort of trying to, okay, I've got about 20 to 30 minutes per section, and I, you know, I, do, I do the numbers, right, and keep to my watch, and I'm like, I'm doing pretty well, and I'm ahead of the game, right? But you know what's coming? I get to about 10 minutes to go where I want to just have a nice check over. You know you're supposed to do that? Finish your exam, and I just want time to check over it. Little typo, right? But I got time, and then I realized there's another page. There's another page, and all of a sudden, I'm just racing to get through this last page, and I panic, and I still dream about it today. That last page, terrifying thought. Waking up, and there's another page. There's another page. Imagine if you had five minutes left. There's another page. We don't want to get to the end of our life thinking, there's another page and I didn't see it. There's another person to reach, there's a neighbor to reach, and the whole time they're reaching out to me and I didn't see it. There's meatballs to take over to my neighbors and I didn't see it. There's opportunities that are bounded for me and I didn't see it. Because there's another page because I've got to turn it over. Because I got complacent. There's another page. We've got to flick over the page. We've got to start to, guys, God, give us eyes to see what you're saying. Amen? Give us a heart to understand what people are saying. Time is too short to be busy. Right? How many know we're called to be effective, not busy all the time? We can fill up our life with busy things. Social media takes up a lot of my time. That was a joke. <laughs> doesn't really. Little judgy crowd. But it's, time is too short to not know what you're graced to do. It's time is too short to not know what you're graced to do. When, you, when people say to you now, what do you feel God has given you to do? Come on, the time is coming when you've got to give an answer. Oh, I don't know. 
Well, you've got to know. We've got to know. I love what T.D. Jake says. He preaches a great message about time. And he says, often, often most of us are spending 80% of our time on really 20% of the things that matter. Rather than actually, we need to be, what if we were spend 80% of our time being effective with our time rather than 20? How could we change the world if we started realizing, actually, this is the thing that I'm born to do. How can I engineer 80% of my time to do those things? How many done Strength Finders? Strength Finders? I think Strength Finders is great. The whole premise of Strength Finders is actually figuring out, hey, you're great at some things. You might be a 7 out of 10. But what if we could make you a 9 out of 10? See, 9 and 10s out of 10s, they're the ones that change the world. We're all 7 out of 10s at something. Rather than spend so much time being a 4 out of 10 and trying to get it to a 6, which is okay, but I've figured out that actually there's some things that I'm really good at. You know, I love being in front of people. Not, not much like this, like one-to-one. Sitting with people and asking, hey, what are you passionate about? And there's days when I realize I've spent a whole week sitting there in front of a spreadsheet, right? Doing budgets and things like that, which are very important, finance team. I'm looking at you. However, my whole life can't be spent doing budgets. My whole life can't be spent doing rostering for church. Because God's saying, Jake, you know what your grace to do. You've got to start getting in front of people. That's when I know I'm affected. That's when I know there's fruit. But I gotta, it's, it's on me, isn't it? It's on me to engineer my time to make sure that I'm being effective. T.D. Jakes, I love what he says here. He says, you can take my suit. I've got another one. You take my car. I've got another one. He says, you can even take my house. But it says, you can't take my time. He says, you cannot take my time. My time is irreplaceable. Come on, I want you to know in this next decade, come on, that decade is irreplaceable. That's about you figuring out, come on, God, what have you got me to do? How do I now engineer my life and, and put you first and start figuring out what steps of faith do I need to outwork to know that I'm going to be truly effective with these next 10 years of my life? Time is important, but time is short, right? Time is short. Let me read some scriptures. Second Peter 3.8. But beloved, do not forget this one thing, that with the Lord, one day is a thousand years and a thousand years is a day. How many love that verse? Right? Oh God, I'm waiting on you. And God's like, you can wait a thousand years. For me, it's like a day. Meh. Meh. Right? Oh, I love that one. Yes. It's in the word. <laughs> right? John 9, 4. I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. Again, we've talked about this. I must do the thing that he's asked me to do. I've got to do that thing. Psalm 31, 15. My life, my every moment, my destiny, it's all in your hands. So I know you can deliver me from those who persecute me relentlessly. Right? There'll be opposition to that. When you start stepping into your call, man, the devil's going to start stepping into his. Right? And he's going to start coming after you. But God says, come on, I know you can. David said, I know you can deliver me. Psalm 90, 12. Teach us the number of days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Isn't that cool? Wisdom's actually developed when you number your days. Oh, God, give me wisdom. And God says, cool, number your days. N- number your da- figure some things out about the time that you've got left, and, and, and wisdom abounds. So there's wisdom and time are so wrapped up together. Romans 13, 11, I love the title of this, put on Christ and do this knowing the time that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. Now, our salvation is near. We've got an opportunity now. On December 29, at the end of a decade, there's an opportunity when? Now. There's an opportunity now. 
There's an opportunity to reach our neighbors now. There's an opportunity in this holiday period that we've got now to reach out to people. There's an opportunity to open up your home to people when? Now. Now. There's an opportunity to use all that you have, all of your material possessions, and to say, okay, God, this is the stuff that I've got. How do I use it to extend your kingdom? Now. There's an opportunity now. Maybe the band can come up because we're just about finished. Can they come up now? I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Sorry. Context is everything. I love, the, I love the story of Esther in the Bible. And if you don't know the story of Esther, read it. Um, but Esther's at, she's at this moment, she's been preparing for 12 months in this kind of big beauty pageant. She's amazingly beautiful and she's come before the king. And, and then uh, they realize there's a plot that's really to come against the Jews and to basically try and eradicate them, right? And Mordecai, who's a relative of Esther's, who's, who's as much the hero of the story, I think, as Esther is, right, comes to Esther. And he says these things in Esther chapter 4, verse 14. Now think about this in the context of your own life. Think about this in the context of the next decade that you've got coming up. Right? Now put your name in the title of this story. It says, for if you, add your name, remain completely silent at this time. Listen, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place. Right? So we kind of read that and we go, but I thought this was Esther's. Journey and God's saying, No, no, if Esther didn't step in, somebody else would have. But you and your father's house will perish. Yet who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this? Who knows whether this was your moment? Right? How cool are these words? Who knows? Who knows whether this will be your decade? Who knows whether this decade could define the course of your life? Who knows whether this decade could be the, the decade that you realize all the promises God, give, God gave to you are in this decade coming up. But he says, but if you remain completely silent, you won't receive them. You and your house will perish. You see, for, for Fee, my wife and I, I felt a bit like that down in Napier, been there four years. And I felt like, again, if, if we hadn't have said yes, somebody else would have. But I wonder what our lives would have been like if we hadn't, you see, God's done the most amazing things. That the things that we were dreaming about in Napier started happening a few months before we left. All the things that we'd established, and God had established, but all the things that God gave us to establish, starting to happen. Our biggest Sunday services, the building was filling up to capacity. Kids' spaces completely overflowing. Community ministries. One of the last Sundays before we finished, I invited the principal of our local intermediate school He's unsaved, and I just said, hey, I'd love to, we're doing a lot with the school. I said, can I interview you? Because I'd love to get your perspective on why you're hanging out with us as church. She said, yeah, she agreed, and the church loved it. She comes in, and we, I just asked a whole bunch of questions. And she said this one thing. She goes, what I'm trying to create in my school and what I recognize that you have here in church, she says, you've got such an incredible sense of belonging. And you could hear a pin drop in the room, such an incredible sense of belonging you've got here. And I can feel almost sort of in tears, just going, wow, it's amazing. She said, I'm trying to create what you've got in my school. Amazing principal, and we've got an amazing relationship with the school. And next year, just incredible things that are happening, uh, which is awesome. But again, I kind of think, man, if, if, if we'd remain silent, again, I think about Jonathan, who's gone back there, and the words that he said to us in our last farewell service last week, and I thought, 
man, man, if we'd, if we'd remain silent, think about Jade, and I go, man, what Jade's done is incredible, but if we'd remain silent, and it's not because it's us and our step of faith, we haven't done anything apart from say yes to God in the midst of not really understanding everything. But if we remain silent over this next decade, I just wonder, will we get to the end of another decade and kind of go, well, we've sort of missed it again. The stuff that I'm believing for is not really happening. And God's like, yeah, but you've got to, you've got to step out. You've got to activate something. The, the, the God that lives in you has to come out, right? Doesn't he? You were the most amazing people on the face of the earth. The most amazing creator lives on the inside of us and it's got to come out. The, the, the thing is often, when we go through moments, think about your last 10 years and you think about the, the, the low moments and we, we say to God, God, I just want to, want to take them out, those low moments, because I just want the highs in there. And if you read Matthew 13, it's the wheat and the tears. Remember that story? And God says, no, you can't take the weeds out because if you grab the weeds, you might grab the fruit too. You might grab the good stuff, the wheat. You might grab the very thing that has nourished you. And he says, no, those two need to grow up hand in hand. They need to grow up together. It's really important that you don't discard the pain that you've gone through. Because it's the very thing that makes you who you are. It's the very thing that makes you real. It's the thing that makes you authentic. It's the things that makes you human. I know God's good. I know He's in control. But I also know I'm human. I also know I go through my moments and my wailings and my, God, what are you doing? And sometimes I say to God, I don't understand what you're doing. God sort of says to me, yeah, but in the passage of time, you will. In the passage of time, I'll make it real. There's a famous battle that I didn't really understand, didn't really know about in World War II. It was in the northeast sort of part of India. And it's the, it's the Battle of Kohima. And, and there were some Indian soldiers and Gurkhas and British forces had come together. And it was, the, the numbers weren't great. The survival weights weren't great. But they knew that as, the, as the, the, the imperial forces from Japan were coming sort of towards India, they thought if they'd broken through to India, it would have been all over them. So it was quite a significant battle. And, uh, and I read about this story and I read about the sacrifices that they made. And I thought it was so significant. But then there was this plaque, and I want to put this up because this is what it says. It says, at this battle, it says, when you go home, tell them of us and say, for your tomorrow, we gave our today. For your, don't you love that? For your tomorrow, we gave our today. Wouldn't that be cool to say that? For the sake of another generation tomorrow, we gave our next decade. Come, we're going to give our t- next 10 years for this cause. We gave our today so that you would have a tomorrow. I want my children to, 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 to grow up in a world that's better than the one that I inherited, right? I want them to grow up in a better world. So I know for the next decade, I'm going to set about doing that. The only way to do that is to change the human heart. And the only way to do that is Jesus, isn't it? The only way to do that is with Jesus. There's no other way. I've seen no other life transformed apart from Jesus. So the challenge for you is what do you want the next decade of your life to be characterized by? What do you want the next 10 years to be characterized by? You see, the enemy wants to advance on your plans too. Tears will grow up. Once the enemy recognizes that you've numbered your days, 
Once you recognize that, you become wise by actually numbering your days and recognizing, I've got these next 10 years. Come on, God. He'll start to wise up. And I was just reminded of the, God gave me that picture of those Australian wildfires. Just so tragic. And I thought, you know, that's the picture of what the enemy wants to do. Just wants to raise everything. Everything in his path, I'll take it all. And for some of you, I feel like there's, there's, there's wildfires in your heart. These last 10 years, you just feel like there's a fire raging in your heart, not the fire of the Holy Spirit that we often talk about, the other kind of fire that's destroying everything. And I feel for some of you, it's like, come on, this next 10 years can't be like the last 10. You won't survive it. But come on, the devil wants to lay waste to every area, every relationship, every, your children, your family, your friends, your job, everything. He wants to take everything away from you. Sometimes we've got to say, well, we understand that. We're not, we're not unaware of the enemy's schemes. But come on, uh, the only fire that we want on the inside is the fire of the Holy Spirit, amen? Fire of the Holy Spirit. Come on, living and breathing and empowering us to go and do more for His kingdom's sake. So what are you going to do with the time that you've got left? What are you going to do with the time that you've got left?